This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore stocks opened lower, tracking losses in global markets following ongoing banking woes worldwide. The Straits Times Index fell 0.32% at the open and closed shedding 1.4% to end at 3,139.76 points. Singapore stocks were up at the open on Tuesday. The STI rose 0.8% and closed in the green up 1.25% at 3,179.02 points. At the midweek, Singapore stocks opened in the green. The STI was up 0.63% in early trade and closed at 3,225.09 points, up by 1.61%. But Singapore stocks opened low on Thursday following the US Federal Reserve's move to hike interest rates by 0.25%, the ninth increase in a year. The STI fell 0.6% at the open, but overcame a slump in early trade to close flat to the downside, 0.06% lower, at 3,219 points. It's Friday, March 24th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. Sitting in for podcast editor Clarissa Montero, I'm correspondent Howie Lim. Singapore stocks opened in the red with the STI down 0.44% in early trade at 3,204.8 points. Here's Amelia Tan, market analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the trading week. In the week to date, the SCI gained 1.1% in price returns in line with regional markets. Asian markets declined on Thursday, tracking losses from Wall Street overnight after the US Federal Reserve hiked interest rates by another 25 basis points, but indicated it was on the verge of pausing further increases in borrowing costs after the recent collapse of two US banks. The past week has seen several significant central bank announcements to support the global financial sector, culminating in the Fed's decision to lift its Fed funds rate by 25 basis points to 4.75 to 5%, as opposed to the widely expected 50 basis point hike. The Fed chair held that while the US banking system is sound and resilient, recent developments in the US financial sector could see a tightening of financial conditions. Expectations are currently around 50-50 that the Fed will either pause or implement a third 25 basis point hike when it meets in May. The CME Fed Watch tool currently suggests that the Fed is near the peak rate. Gold prices edged higher, crossing US$2,000 earlier in the week, up from around US$1,820 at the end of 2022. Higher volatility along with higher gold prices has seen the SPDR Gold Shares ETF double its turnover for the 10 sessions since early March. The SPDR Gold Shares ETF is the largest physically-backed ETF across the globe, offering investors a way to access the gold market in both Singapore and US dollars. Looking back in the Singapore market, outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Golden Energy and Resources, NEO and Riverstone Holdings averaging 10% in price gains. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were Cortina Holdings, Digital Core REIT and Prime US REIT. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 23rd March, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 120 million Sing dollars. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at 141 million, followed by REITs at 35 million and telecommunications at 21 million. On the other hand, consumer non-cyclicals saw the highest net inflows of 63 million, followed by consumer cyclicals at 30 million and utilities at 18 million. Largest outflows were seen in DBS, 
OCBC and Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding, while largest inflows were recorded in UOB, Wilma International and Genting Singapore. While institutional investors have been net selling, retail investors have been net buyers of Singapore stocks. Last week, when the STI dipped below 3,200, we saw retail investors book inflows exceeding over 330 million in a week. Singapore stocks that booked the highest net retail inflows included the three Singapore banks, Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding, City Developments, Capital Corporation, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, Suntech Wheat, Venture Corporation, and Jardine Matheson. On a year-to-date basis, total net retail inflows into Singapore stocks crossed 930 million. Jude Chan is senior correspondent for the Business Times News Desk. Jude, you're going to share your take of the week's drivers, right? Did it seem that markets were somewhat less jittery this week? Howie, if there were a word of the week, it would surely be banks. Much of the market chatter and trading movement this week has been centred around the banks. The sudden collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which is the biggest US bank failure since the Great Recession, got us off to a rocky start. Then, across the pond, Credit Suisse, one of the global banking giants previously deemed too big to fail, guess what? Fell as well in spectacular fashion. Not surprisingly, the Singapore market tumbled at the start of the week. With dark clouds messing over the banking sector in the US and Europe, it was a sea of red across key Asian markets. To its credit, the Monetary Authority of Singapore was quick to try and allay fears. MAS said Singapore's banking system remains sound and resilient amid the US banking collapse. Then, it went on to assure investors that exposure to Credit Suisse by the trio of local lenders, DBS, UOB and OCBC, insignificant. Following the announced takeover by UBS, the central bank also said Credit Suisse will continue operating in Singapore with no interruptions or restrictions. Well, the messaging is consistent. We are alright, our banks are alright, the startups are alright, our businesses are alright. And it is interesting to note the role this reassurance has played on the psyche of investors. The Singapore market bounced back fairly strongly in the middle of the week, led by gains by the local banks no less. In fact, two of the three local banks, UOB and DBS, are among the top STI gainers so far this week. UOB is up 3.1% in the week to date and DBS is up 2.9%. Of course, the win was taken out of the sales on Thursday after another bank, the US Central Bank, hiked interest rates again. But still, it has been a good week so far for the Singapore market, despite the banking wars in US and Europe. The STI, as Amelia said, is up 1.1%, which isn't too shabby considering. Jardine Cycle and Carriage has been the top blue-chip counter, better known here as the Mercedes-Benz dealer. Jardine CNC said this week it is tying up with Foodpanda to trial electric motorcycles from Taiwanese firm Gogoro, another counter that has done well is Genting Singapore. With the bank stealing the limelight this week, we had almost forgotten about the reopening play. But with tourism returning, it's looking good for the integrated resorts operator. You might even say we could take it to the bank. Still to come, we look at non-bank-related notable news for the week with Amelia. A brand new monthly podcast inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record joins the BT Podcasts lineup in April. Conversations in which editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media Trust discuss the modern news industry from their insider's perspective. Editors Talk will feature straight-talking editors addressing challenges, strategies and offer insights into how newsrooms have had to adapt, in the face of digital transformation. Information that might just offer you answers in your business sector's digital transformation journey. First episode out in April. And now, 
Back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, for a second trading week, the focus has been on the banking sector, but there were some other things to consider, right? Could you highlight some other notable news to take into the week ahead? Yes, certainly, Howie. Singapore's headline inflation eased to 6.3% from 6.6% in the previous month, mainly due to lower private transport inflation. Core inflation remained unchanged from January's 5.5%, which was the highest since November 2008. Private sector economists had expected a marginally higher rate of headline inflation at 6.4% and a higher rate of 5.8% for core inflation. Lower prices for services were broadly offset by higher prices for retail and other goods and utilities. The Monetary Authority of Singapore and the Ministry of Trade and Industry maintained their inflation outlook for 2023, and the MAS core inflation is expected to stay above 5% year-on-year in the first quarter of this year. MAS over the week issued several statements addressing concerns related to the global banking sector. This includes a statement on Monday that Credit Suisse Group will continue operating in Singapore with no interruptions or restrictions following the announced takeover by UBS Group. The takeover is not expected to have an impact on the stability of Singapore's banking system. MES will continue to closely monitor the domestic financial system and international developments and stands ready to provide liquidity through its suite of facilities to ensure that Singapore's financial system remains stable and financial markets continue to function in an orderly manner. MES also said that equity holders will absorb losses before holders of additional Tier 1 and Tier 2 capital instruments, which is in accordance with guidelines set out by the Financial Stability Board. This follows news that Credit Suisse will write down 16 billion Swiss francs of its AT1 debt to zero on the orders of the Swiss regulator. MES said AT1 bonds in Singapore are offered in the wholesale market, which is only for institutional investors, accredited investors or transactions in denominations of at least $200,000. In ESG News, Enterprise Singapore is launching new courses covering decarbonisation and sustainable finance for businesses starting April this year under its Enterprise Sustainability Programme. The courses are developed with the UN Global Compact Network Singapore, PwC Singapore and the Carbon Trust and will cover topics such as carbon accounting, target setting and planning, ways to carbonize, and carbon disclosures and reporting. Enterprise Singapore will defray some 70% of course fees. Amelia, what about some company-focused news that might be of interest to investors in the week ahead? Sure, Howie. Yang Zixiang Shipbuilding said that its subsidiary, Yang Zixiang Shipping, is considering appealing against the Singapore High Court's order to wind up over $4.8 million US dollars in unpaid debt. The shipbuilder clarified that even if the unit has to wind up, it would not materially impact operations and financial conditions for its financial year ending 31st December 2023. ComfortDelGro announced that its subsidiary, City Fleet Networks, has acquired Veda Bain, a private hire company based in the UK for £7.25 million. The purchase price was arrived at on a willing buyer, willing seller basis following arm's length negotiations after considering the company's projected performance and historical analysis, among other considerations. Starhill Global REIT announced that it received a notice of arbitration from Maya, its anchor tenant occupying 52% of net lettable area in the Maya Centre Adelaide Mall. Maya is seeking to claim unspecified damages as well as seek entitlement to terminate its lease which runs till June 2032. The REIT manager considers the arbitration move as ill-founded and does not consider it to have material impact on the REIT's distributable income for its current financial year. 
EC World REIT announced that most of its lenders have agreed to extend the REIT's deadline for its outstanding repayments to 30th April this year, subject to the finalisation of terms and conditions under the revised repayment plan. EC World REIT announced last October that it will be divesting its indirect interests in Beigang Logistics and Chongxian Port Logistics for a total of 2.03 billion yuan. Part of the proceeds from the divestment will go towards repaying 25% of the REIT's outstanding loans by end 2023. APEC Realty announced that it will be expanding its services into Laos through a franchise agreement with franchisee ERA Laos, granting it exclusive rights to operate ERA member broker offices in the country. The agreement is for an initial period of 25 years and may be renewed for another 25 years if conditions are fulfilled. ERA Laos currently has 15 salespersons and has a set target to grow the number of agents to 300 by end 2025. With the inking of this latest agreement, ERA Realty possesses the exclusive ERA Regional Master Franchise to 17 countries and territories in Asia-Pacific. Lippo Mall's Indonesia Retail Trust's manager has informed unit holders of its 140 million perpetual securities tranche issued in September 2016 that it will not be paying distributions scheduled for March 27. As a result, unit holders of the trust are unlikely to receive dividends until these perpetual securities distributions resume or the perpetual securities are redeemed. Fortress Minerals announced a proposed placement of over 23 million new ordinary shares at 38.6 cents per share to raise 9 million to fund its mining and exploration projects. Fortress intends to use up to 60% of net proceeds to further develop its Sermat Aman mine, which commenced production in July 2022. Up to 40% of net proceeds will also be used to partially fund the group's exploration efforts in Sabah in relation to its receipt of two prospecting licenses earlier in March. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Howie Lim with Amelia Tan, Market Analyst at SGX Securities, and Jude Chan, Senior Correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.